Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you. Now, if you're here today and you don't know what just happened, you were part of history today. That's right. Because if you know, Daniel that just sang uh, won a contest with Joy FM a while back and went to Nashville and recorded that song. Never, he's never going to leave you. He recorded that. And, um, and in February the 18th or something like that, it went live. And it's the first recorded song for, for Daniel. And today is the first day in our services that he performed it live. So you were part of that today. So that was cool. So one day when he's got like three or four albums out there and traveling all over the world going, I was there. I was there in Heartland on that day. And uh, that, that's exciting. But man, isn't that great? That was, what a great song too. And if you haven't downloaded it, download it. And, and call your radio station and say, play that song. And if they go, what song? That song. You need to play that song right there. Bless your heart. Right? Well, last week we started a new series of messages titled Everything, and it's going to be all right. And we started looking at why we can trust Jesus Christ to be our everything. And we learned first and foremost uh, in our message last week that we can trust him because he is God. Jesus Christ is God. And today we're going to go a little deeper. We're going to be con just continuing in the passage that we began to look at last week. And we're going to see that one of the, the, the things that comes along with Jesus being God is the fact that he created everything and that he holds everything together. So we're going to be looking at the, the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Colossa uh, many years ago, and he, and he wrote the letter for a couple reasons. One was to refute some false teaching that had infiltrated the church. There was a group of people in the church called Gnostics. Uh, they were people that were outside the church, but they were beginning to come visit the church. And as they would come in, they would, they would say, well, Jesus can't be God because you know, of some of the beliefs that they held. And so this was infiltrating the church. And, and so Paul wrote this letter to sort of straighten those things out. And in addition to that, he, he wrote it to give some practical advice for how to live our Christian lives. And in the passage of Scripture that we're in, in this series, uh, Paul talks about Jesus. And what he wants to do is he wants those people to know, because remember, Christianity was new on the scene at that time. It, you know, it, 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 churches were just being planted. People were learning about Jesus. And Paul wanted them to know that, that you, you know, in order to be a Christian, it, it's going to require you have a relationship with Jesus. And also, we, we, you need to know who he is and what he is and, and, and what he's done and why it's important. And so in this section of scripture, Paul talks about the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And, um, and, and, and that's what the whole passage, that were these nine verses that we've been looking at, we started looking at last week, are all about, about the supremacy of Christ. Now, last week, as I said, we jumped in and we learned the first thing that Paul told us, and he wanted to tell those believers and us today is this, Jesus Christ is God. He's not like another person. He's, he's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all exist as one entity and, and separate roles in the Godhead, but they all exist as one. And so we learn that Jesus Christ is God. And in the passages that we're going to look at today, Paul teaches us that Jesus actually created everything and he holds everything together. Now, we need to, it only makes sense that he created things, everything, if you think about the fact that he is God. He's God the Father, God the you know, Son, God the Spirit. So he's existed from eternity past, and so he was there when everything was created, and so he, he is God. And the first thing that I want you to see today is that Christ created all things. 
And, and so we're looking in Colossians. If you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Colossians, Colossians 1, and uh, we're going to be focusing on verse 16 and 17. And um, the scriptures say this, for by him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven, things in heaven, right, and on earth, things that are visible and even invisible, whether they're thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, everything were created through him and for him. Let's take a minute and pray. Father, we thank you this morning for this passage of scripture. We thank you, God, that you're, you know, through this letter that Paul wrote so many years ago, you're teaching us about Jesus and you're teaching us that he was God, that he's God, that he's you. And Father, we thank you that, that you're teaching us that he created everything today and that he holds everything together. Help us to open our hearts and our minds and to see this, to, to internalize it, God, and to help it to give us confidence and encouragement, a uh, little inspiration. God, as we go throughout our lives and, and that we can have confidence in who Jesus is and we can see the importance of who he is. And Father, for that, we'll give you the glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone together said, amen. All right, with this verse, this verse talking about that he created everything, it piggybacks on the verse that we talked about last week. Verse 15 says, he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now, we talked about that phrase firstborn last, the, the firstborn of creation last week, and that doesn't mean that he was the first one born. It means that he is first in supremacy or in position or in relation to everything else. And in other words, Jesus Christ is number one. Jesus Christ is God. And so we, we talked about that in detail last week. And in the verses today, Paul digs in a little deeper and he further explains about Jesus' supremacy uh, by explaining how Jesus relates to creation and, uh, and where he fits into the scheme of things in creations. Because those Gnostics said that he was a created being. And, and so Paul says, no, he wasn't. He, he's not a created being. He is God who has existed from eternity past, and he created everything. And so um, he continues to talk about Jesus, and he further drives home the point that Jesus is God. But when we look at the verse, and it says that Jesus created all things, we, we need to understand that that phrase, all things, means exactly that. He created all things. There is nothing that exists today that is not created by Jesus Christ. From the, and for, for the things that we would see in our world, I mean, from the simplest cell, single cell amoeba, you know, that, that, that you learned about in elementary school in science, to the most complex forms and strands of DNA, to the, to the solar systems and the universes that exist, there's not anything that exists that has not been created by Jesus Christ. He created everything that is. Now, you might say, well, if you're a Christian, you might say, well, I know that, and, and I get that, and, and, uh, and, and, you know, everybody gets that. Well, no, everybody doesn't get that. You know, I told you last week that when we talk about Jesus being God, that there are religious groups out there that don't believe that Jesus Christ is God. Well, just like there are religious groups that don't believe that Jesus Christ is God, there are groups out there, not necessarily religious groups, but there are groups out there uh, that believe, that don't believe that he created uh, everything. They, they don't believe 
you know, that he did these things. They believe that things uh, were created in a different way. And, um, you know, we, I think we're all familiar with Darwin's theory of evolution. I mean, that is a, that is a scientific uh, theory that exists out there today that a lot of people buy into. And, um, that, and it's even taught in our public school systems today because it's science, and so it, it's taught, and so people buy into evolution, and they don't believe that, that Jesus created everything. They believe everything came from, you know, this big bang or this primordial ooze or something, and it just sort of evolved over time, and we have Darwin's theory of evolution. Now, I'm not going to spend my time today with you trying to debunk Darwin's theory of evolution, although I could give you three or four examples that I'll guarantee you would make you go home and scratch your head for about two weeks. Just little simple things. But, but we're not going to spend our time on Darwin's theory of evolution today. I just want you to know that, that, that there are giant holes in that theory of evolution if you really begin to study it. There are a lot of assumptions that have to be made to make evolution work. There are missing links in the evolutionary chain that have conveniently been filled in to make that theory work. But then I want to quote a guy, Max Planck. He's a, a winner of a Nobel Prize and one of the founders of modern physics. And I want to, I want to quote something. Uh, before I go any further. He said this, according to everything taught by the exact sciences about the immense realm of nature, a certain order prevails, one independent of the human mind. This order can be formulated in terms of purposeful activity. There is evidence of an intelligent order of the universe to which both man and nature are subservient. And I'm gonna tell you who we need to be subservient to. His name is Jesus. He's the one that has created everything. Folks, he, he's, this guy's right on the money. There is an intelligent order that prevails, and, and it's at the hand of our creator and our sustainer. God's word tells us that Jesus Christ has created everything. And he's also right to point out that there is purposeful activity in everything because Jesus created everything with a plan and with a purpose. So the first thing that I want you to see is that Christ created all things. But the second thing I want you to see is that he didn't just create it willy-nilly. You know, I just created it. There it is. You know, hey, I created it. Look at that. That's pretty cool. No, he created everything with a purpose. And look, look at Colossians 1.16 again. It says, for by him, speaking of Jesus, so by Jesus, all things were created in things in heaven, things on the earth, things that are visible and even things that are invisible. Whether thrones, so whether it's kings and kingdoms and all that stuff, or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, listen to this, were created through him and for him. So everything was created for him. The fact that everything, absolutely everything is created by him and for him, and that begs a question. If, if he created everything, and, and he created everything for himself, then who should creation honor, play, praise, and bring glory to? The creator, the one that created everything. And uh, who should have first place in our lives? The creator, the one that created everything. You see, this says that everything is created for Christ. And that word everything includes you and me. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. There's so many things that we deal with culturally today and things that are debated culturally today. And much of the debate centers around the thought that I, well, you, I'm gonna use abortion uh, this morning as an example. The issue of abortion, as evangelical Christians, we believe abortion is sin. 
we believe that, 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 that it's not, that, that we believe in the right to life, right? And so think about that for a moment. I mean, people think that they, they can choose. Why do they think they can choose? They think they can choose because they go, this is my body. Listen to me. It's not your body. It's his body. He created everything. You, so you live your life in accordance with his guidelines for that body, not what you desire and what you think is best for you. And, and it doesn't matter if it's that subject or other subjects. And our bodies are not our own. Our bodies have been created by Almighty God for His purpose. He created everything, was created by Him and for Him. Why did He create you? He created you for one purpose and one purpose only. The reason you're on the planet, the reason you're taking up space, the reason you're here is to live your life in a way that brings glory, honor, and praise to the one who made you. That's why you're here. Think about that. Think about that. If you, if, if you get that right, if you wrap your head around that, if you wrap your heart around that, is I am not my own. I don't belong to myself. I just can't make choices because it's all about me and don't get in my space. It's all about me and I can do what I want to with me. No, I can't do what I want. You, yes, I can do what I want to with me, but I can dishonor God and I cannot have a relationship with him because of my choices and I can spend my eternity separated from God in hell because I made those choices. Yes, I can do that, but I don't have the right to do that. That's why we're, that's why we die. And that's why people go to hell is because we don't have the right to call those shots because the creator is the only one that has the right to call those shots. He created you. You don't belong to yourself. Your body's not yourself. Your family's not yours. Your, your, the place you work, your car's not yours. Your horse isn't yours. Your cow isn't yours. They're his. You got that? They're his. So when you get all puffed up and it's all about me, it's not about you at all. You're just stubborn and stupid. It's about him. No, I didn't just call everybody stupid. Don't send me emails. You guys are so sensitive. If you, if you believe it's all about you, you are stupid. <laughs> but otherwise, you're okay. It's about him. Miss Bobby, I'll put 50 cents in the stupid jar when I leave. It's okay. <laughs> now it's 75. I said it again. Okay. Okay, here we go. But a couple things to take away from this. If you're created by him and for him with a purpose, listen to this. Think about it, you can only discover your identity, you can only discover your purpose through a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are not living the purpose for which you were created. If, if, if you know, you're created by him and for him, think about this, God was thinking about you, planning you, determining your purpose long before you were even born. And guess what? He didn't ask for your input. He just did it. And where life gets all messed up is when we don't live our purpose. So you may, may get to choose your spouse. You may get to choose your job, your hobbies, and other parts of your life. But listen to me, you do not get to choose your purpose. It's been chosen for you. So the big question is, what is your purpose? It's to bring glory to God in everything. What's the purpose of your marriage to bring glory to God? What's the purpose of your finances to bring glory to God? 
What's the purpose of your relationship with other people to bring glory to God? What's the reason you're on the planet? There you go. Because when we do that, and our lives bring him glory, we're blessed. Remember what the passage says. It says, all things were created through him and for him. So, so we've seen that Christ created all things in this passage. We've seen that Christ created all things for who? Himself, right? So we need to understand this too, that not only did he create all things for himself, but listen to this, and this is a great verse. He holds all things together. He holds all things together. It's not up to you. He holds all things together. Colossians 1.17 says, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now, if you hang around here for any length of time at Heartland, you're going to hear this verse. And here's why. You know how people say they have life verses? Now, the whole Bible is a, a life verse, right? But this is my life verse. This is my verse that if I sometimes send you an email or something like that, at the end, I'll write Colossians 1.17. Colossians 1.17. Why? Why do I do that? Because I think this verse is so profound. Let me just tell you when it became profound to me. I was in seminary, and uh, I was in a class, you know, and, uh, and, and, and my assignment for this class was I had to memorize the first chapter of Colossians. That's a great assignment. That'll bless your heart. That's a lot of stuff. And so, we, so, I, so I had to memorize it, and, and here's the way it works. So I memorize it, and you go in one morning, and you had a quiz in a systematic theology class. So you had to go in, and you, and you had a quiz. And the quiz was this. At the top of the page, write the version of the Bible that you're using, and then you had to write Colossians 1. Well, you can imagine I'm studying and studying and memorizing and memorizing and studying and studying and memorizing and memorizing, and I've got index cards, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, and don't ever do this because this was like before texting, but, but this is equivalent to texting and driving. Okay, so don't do this. But I'm driving, and I got my little Ford Ranger pickup truck that I bought for $2,500 when I was in, love that truck, when I was in seminary. And I'm driving, I got a little stick shift going on. I'm holding my index card in my left hand, driving down the road, flipping these cards, memorizing the scripture as I'm driving. So don't ever do that, but I was doing it. And I had read this, I don't know how many, a hundred times, because I'm trying to memorize this stuff and trying to make sure I get it all right when I get into this quiz. And I'm reading through it and I get to verse 17. And all of a sudden, something happened to me. And I don't know what happened, I just like started crying. These tears started coming down my face and I stopped and I read that verse again and he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. And I just read it again. He's before all things. And in him, all things hold together. And at that moment in Youngsville, North Carolina, on the little, little road right in front of Griffin's Restaurant where you can get the best red-eye gravy and cat head biscuits in the world, right in front of that restaurant, on that road that morning at about 7.45 in the morning, my life verse God gave me. Because I believe that that verse, that verse right there, it... it, it it is an anchor. It summarizes everything that we believe and practice in Christian, as Christians. Jesus is before all things if you're a believer. And in him, everything holds together. And if you remove him, it all falls apart. And I believe that to the core of my being. 
I, I, I believe that when we take this passage to heart, that life works. And when we don't, life falls apart. The first part of that passage says, speaking of Jesus, that he is before all things. Now that means a number of things. One thing it means is that he is before all things in time. Remember what we've learned about creation. John 1.1 says that in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the, the word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus was there in the beginning. So he's before all things in time. Before anything existed, he already existed. So he's before all things in time. He's also before all things in importance. I mean, think about that. If he gives us our purpose for living, and it's only through a relationship with him that we can spend our eternity with God in heaven, because Acts 4.12 says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, then there is absolutely nothing that is more important than him. He is first in importance. He's also before all things in priority. Matthew 6, says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things are added to us. So you see, since Christ created us and determines our purpose, it only makes sense that he should be our number one priority, doesn't it? I mean, it, it should be him. Our number one goal in life should be to understand him more, to live our lives the way that he says to live our lives, to try to understand who he is, understand what he is, understand the, the things that he does for us, the grace that he lavishes on us, the, the mercy that he pours out on us, the righteousness that he demonstrates for us, the judgment that he places on us when we step outside of his will. We need to understand everything about him we can. He needs to be our priority. Because when he is, he holds all things together. When you take him out of the equation, you start having to deal with life on your own. You start having to figure out, how am I going to make this work? This relationship's falling apart, and you start trying to make it work. And you ask your cousin to help you with your marriage, and the reason you ask him is because they've been married eight times, they obviously ought to know how it works. And you start asking other people for financial advice and you ask this person for that and this person for that because you've taken Jesus out of the equation and now you're just, you're just man-made theories and ideas and you're trying to figure it out on your own and you wonder, why is my life falling apart? Because he's not holding it together. He's got to hold it together. Think about this. If he's designed and created us with a purpose, if he provided us with guidelines to follow so we can fulfill that purpose. And when we follow those guidelines, all things hold together. Doesn't it make sense that we should live our lives that way? You know, I'm gonna give you a quick example. This is probably a horrible illustration. But, but the only time in my life where I've ever been in an environment where it's kind of like a, like a a sample, you know, like a bubble, where, where people were, a group of people that I was surrounded by, most of them, 99.9% .9 of them, legitimately, sincerely, wholeheartedly were living their lives trying to put Jesus first with seminary. Because there in that place, you've got a whole bunch of people who have been called by God into gospel ministry, 
So you got people there that, are, that, are, that, that, that God's calling is on their life. And so there's a whole bunch, thousands of people, you know, a few thousand people, they're students. And, and now there's a few exceptions, but there are people there that they really want to make Jesus a priority. I mean, they're sold out to Jesus. You get a whole community of people together and they're sold out to Jesus. Let me just tell you that this, this was something that was impressed on me while I was there. That when you get a bunch of people and they're legitimately sold out to Jesus, it changes everything around you. In seminary, you could take, you could literally take your wallet and you could lay it in the middle of the hall and you could step back over against the wall and you could leave your, and there could be 5,000 people walk by your wallet and, and if anybody picked it up, they would pick it up to take it somewhere to find out whose wallet it was. No one would take $1 out of that. If you walked to a door, people would almost fight over who got to open the door for the other person. Everybody's always kind. If you, somebody said, man, I've got a headache or I don't feel good, somebody would go stop right where you are, they'd lay their backpack down, they'd put their arm around you, you'd open your eyes after up when you were through praying, there's 40 people in a huddle around somebody praying for them. Can you imagine in our community if we were all sold out to Jesus like that and you were walking down Central Avenue of Winter Haven and you said out loud, I've got a headache and you closed your eyes and somebody says, let me pray for you and you closed your eyes and there were 800 people surrounding you going, man, we've just been praying for your headache. And you go, that sounds absurd. No, it sounds like some people that are making Jesus the priority of their life is what that sounds like. And the reason things are so messed up is because everybody's doing their own thing instead of doing the Jesus thing. That's exactly right. You come and see me. You got a problem? No, don't come see me. Go to the counseling center. But anyway, here, here's the deal. But a couple of you come and see me. I only have so much time because uh, we all got problems. But, but if you'll come and see me and sit down, I'll guarantee you 99 times out of 100, I can sit down and we will talk about whatever problem and how bad it is and whoever's been wrong to you and it's all about they've been wrong to me and this might be. And what I'm going to find out when you're sitting there after about two minutes is that you haven't been obeying God's word. I'm telling you, that's, I've been doing this for a long time. I'll just ask them, hey, have you, been, have you gone into God's word? Well, I've been meaning to get around to it. Have you been praying about it? Well, a little bit. Duh. It's not rocket science. He's gotta be the priority. The first place that you go. The big question is, do you believe that you have bought into all this? He's created everything. He created all things for himself. He holds all things together. Are you living your purpose for him today? Have you been trying to figure your life out on your own? Have you been trying to ask everybody else for advice, but you're not going to him and you've not made him the priority of your life? Are you frustrated yet? Are you tired of heading down one road, trying to determine if that's the right road, only to find after a lot of wasted time and effort that you gotta start all over again because that was the wrong road? Are you frustrated about all that? Well, let me read you something one more time that'll fix it. Okay, listen to this. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. For by Jesus all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, comprehensive list, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. You want an answer to your problems? There it is. You get that right, 
you'll get life right. You get that right, you'll live the purpose for which you were created. And until you don't get that right, keep on coming to the counseling center, we're proud to take your money. <laughs> because that's where you're gonna end up. You end up messed up. You were created by God for a purpose. And that purpose is to bring him glory. And you should wake up every day trying to figure out how in every role you play in your life, you can bring him glory. If you will live your life that way, 99% of your problems will go away. He holds all things together. But it all starts with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't have any of the things that we talked about. You, you can't, he's not gonna hold all things together until you embrace him, until you invite him to be part of your life. So I wanna encourage you to do that today. The Bible says that if we'll confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead that we will be saved. So if you're here today and you desire a relationship with Jesus, it's coming from your heart. You've heard what his word says today, maybe a song today, maybe a prayer, maybe someone you had a conversation with out in the lobby, but you know that you need a relationship with Jesus Christ because you know something. When I was talking about all this today, there's some of you in this room right now, and I'm gonna tell you exactly what you knew because when I was talking about it, you, were, you were like, I'm not living my purpose. I'm not living my purpose. When I described how you go to other people and you get information, you're trying to figure everything out, you're going, that's me. That's exactly what I do. That can all change. You need to put your faith and your trust in Jesus. So right now I'm gonna pray a prayer of salvation, a prayer that, that is required if you wanna have a relationship with Jesus. You've gotta pray and ask God to forgive you of your sins, but maybe you don't know how, so just I'm gonna lead you in this prayer. My prayer's not magic, it's you. It's coming from your heart, but pray this. Just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And God, I have not been living my purpose. I've been doing my own thing. So right now, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you to cleanse me of my unrighteousness. And Lord, in the best way that I know how right now, I'm committing my life to you, and I'm asking you to come into my life, and I'm asking you to hold all things together. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision today, we want to know that you made that decision. And if you're in this room, uh, in a moment, we're going to sing a song. You can stand up while the song's being sung. You can make your way to the back. We have people with t-shirts that say prayer, lanyards on that say prayer. Those people are there specifically. They volunteer every week just to be there so that if you come back and you have some questions, they can answer your questions. And they can help you understand what your next step is. Where do, where do I go from here? All, all, all those kind of things. If you're online, Talk to the host right now. Just type in there and let them know that you made a decision to follow Christ and they can help you and direct you and let you know where you need to go from here. Maybe you're here today and you're a believer. But as I was talking about this today and we talked about making him the priority and I said, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Maybe you realize today I've not been seeking first the kingdom of God. I've been seeking everything else and not that. Well, maybe you need to pray with someone and you can go back and pray with them as well. Maybe you need to make your way to one of the crosses and put a prayer request up on the cross. We take those down, read them in our staff meetings. I don't know what you need to do, but I know this because this is my verse that I've internalized. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together.
And I want that for you. He wants that for you. So what are you going to do? Stand up as we continue to worship.